0: Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Monday, May 23rd, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Efficient Market Advisors. This is our weekly economic and market commentary. Uh, This is available both as a podcast and as a uh, recorded commentary with slides, graphs, and charts. Uh, This is uh, available on all the podcast formats. Slaying Bulls and Bears is the name. Making the complex and complicated, simple, and sensical is the tagline. The presentation you're about to see and hear has been developed by me for use with you. Whether you are an investor or a financial advisor, you are expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation is or should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. Uh, accuracy, accuracy, or completeness cannot be guaranteed. We had a mixed week for equities last week. The reality is mostly down. I'm going to bring out my little uh, my little spotlight highlighter here. You can see down 3% on the S&P. Mid cap and small cap stocks did better, but the winner was international names last week. We had a big rally in emerging markets as well as developed international markets. We also had interest rates continue to come back down from those highs of around, oh, 320-ish on the 10-year. Uh, we came back down considerably and uh, under uh, 3% now. High yield in sympathy with equities continued to sell off now down about 11%, almost 11% on a year-to-date basis. Floating rate, as you could expect, would be flat, but a big rally in long-dated treasuries and the alternative indices we track here doing just fine as they should be expected. The economic data showed continued signs of a little bit of softening in the U.S. And the question is whether it's softening and leading towards a recession or if it's just softening coming off that sort of fake excess stimulus demand from the rebound out of the COVID closures. Let's start with the New York State Manufacturing Survey. It went into negative territory, that is contraction for the month in that very small part of the country or a large part of the country, but a small compared to the overall country. Uh, down minus 11, surprised uh, analysts, the estimates was for a 15. So that's the second of the last three that were negative new orders and shipments both fell considerably there as well. But in a week, we get the New York manufacturing survey. We always get the Philly Fed survey. And that one was still positive, but barely so and well below expectations of a 15. These are the surveys that come out. These are regionally come out of the big, ahead of the monthly surveys. So, you know, we're still in May. We're going to get the SP Global um, flash readings this week. And then when the month ends, we'll get the final from SP Global, we'll get the final from ISM. Here, though, new orders rose and shipments rose, so that was different than Philly. However, the big negative was employment fell, but that's also a positive now because one of the big issues is employment costs contributing to um, inflation, and so there's concern uh, about, about that causing inflation. This would say that this is sort of taking some of the inflationary pressure out. Uh, but the outlook component lowest since December of 08. Three months later was the stock market bottom bottom in March of 09. Retail sales uh, rose nine-tenths of a percent almost in line with expectations but March was revised higher. So retail sales number was seen as very very strong backing out gasoline which when that price goes up it sort of artificially makes things look good you still had 1%, very solid number. The US consumer is strong. The US consumer is sovereign and the US consumer is uh, saying no uh, in terms of recession now or recession in this year, 2022. Another thing that's pointing to some inflationary pressure is industrial production and capacity utilization. The utilization of the country's factories bottomed sub 65%, around 63% you can see here during the covid shutdowns we're now getting up to 79% and you can often when you get above 80 79 80 that's seen as inflationary so we are cranking things out this does this is this would argue the exact opposite of a recession is near or imminent and it really le- it really lends credibility to the argument that the slowdown we're seeing is is you know yes there's starting to be an impact from the fed raising rates the Fed stopping bond buying, the fiscal stimulus that we had in prior years is not there this year, uh, all of that. But with your factories cranking and getting up close to 80% of capacity utilization, hardly a sign of, of uh, imminent recession as some folks are predicting. And they're really predicting that based off the stock market move. And we're gonna get into some of that here uh, shortly. Business inventory is up again, a healthy 2% pickup in inventories. Uh, this is supply chain easing as opposed to demand slowing. Um, this is a good sign for also relieving some of the inflationary pressures that continue to plague us. Housing market sentiment had a huge drop uh, it down to 69. Estimate was 75. But when you put 69 in perspective here across the board, it's a very strong housing market. Housing market remains strong. You would have to see housing market uh, and even prices go down to suggest that inflation, that a recession was imminent. We still have very high levels of start, starts and permits. Housing starts fell two-tenths of a percent, much better than the 2% estimated decline. Building permits dropped 3%. That was a pretty good percentage decline, but they're very high. Both are at very, very high levels due to very, very high prices and very high demand, even with interest rates going up as much as they have in the last couple of months. Big drop in existing home sales, 2.4% to an annualized rate of 5.61 versus estimates of 5.64. High prices, lack of inventory, the culprit there per usual. Initial claims for unemployment rose from 197 to 218. That was well ahead of expectations. If you're moving towards recession and moving into a recession, you see big jumps in initial weekly claims for unemployment. We're still at traditionally, historically, extremely low levels. Obviously, jumps, which we had, we went from 197 to 218, that's an increase. But that's an increase within a very narrow and low range. We need to see things jump out uh, of that range before we can say recession is likely coming. So what is this current weakness that we're seeing and that we're talking about Obviously, the stock market's been down, although, you know, this morning, as I'm talking, we're up about 600 Dow points. That's probably short covering. A little bit of that sharp bear market rally i had been calling for. I wouldn't say we've gotten yet, uh, but, we, we, you know, this could be the beginning of that rally. But we're definitely in a little bit of a bear market. We've seen it in tech stocks. Uh, the s and ps gotten close to that 20% decline. But this weakness we're seeing in demand, things like that Philly Fed survey that I showed you, or excuse me, the New York State survey that I showed you, seems to me more like normalization from the excess inflation causing demand of the pandemic related stimulus. We overstimulated too much fiscal stimulus for sure and too much monetary stimulus for sure at a a period of time when, when we already had very strong aggregate demand in the economy. So we don't think we're seeing demand destruction in this economy. We'd see that with widespread job losses, et cetera. Goods demand is definitely cooling, but again, it's from this excessive level that was causing inflation. What the Fed's trying to do, maybe they'll be successful, is to reduce that excessive level of demand, get it down to a point where inflation uh, gets down to its 2% target, but does not tip the economy over into recession. To that end, we look at some of the high frequency spending measures, and they're still holding up very well. On the left, this is the number of travelers going through TSA. We're getting we're close to that two and a half million level, which was the peak before the pandemic. The reality is we are pre-pandemic travel levels right now. That was a very strong economy from a demand perspective, and we are there. The other one we can look at on a daily basis is the from Open Table, the restaurant reservation app that most of us use on our phones to set dinner reservations. They uh, look at the percentage change versus the 2019 level because 2019 was very strong and pre pandemic. You can see lots of time above that level uh, last year and this year, a little bit below right now. We'd need to see, well, this was last year and we didn't enter a recession. So, these both of these real time sort of daily indicators suggest we are not yet ready for recession 22. And if we are to see one in 2023, it's probably not till the back half of the year. So people say, well, yeah, but the stock market is this great indicator. Uh, It's a leading indicator. The stock market decline. Won't the wealth effect of us seeing our portfolios decline, won't this impact our consumer, consumer behavior? The reality is, most U.S. citizens still don't own stocks. Congratulations, if you're listening to this and you own stocks, you're you know a wealthier American. I know nobody who's, we don't ever think we're the wealthy people, but if we own stocks and we're listening to Herb Morgan's podcast, we're, we're wealthy. 90, the bottom 90% of wealth in this country, so 90% of our population, only controls about 10% of the holdings of the stock market they all but they contribute 80% of consumption so we go back to the 1987 stock market crash you can see it here did we get a recession we didn't we had this big giant drop 22% in one day in the stock market and then a slow steady rise back to it never entered a recession until 1990 we had a we had a recession that was the 90 91 about an 8 or 9 month recessionary period. And then of course the stock market rebounded, went through it and kept on going higher. So I'm not ready to call a recession yet. I will say the risks of it are elevated from uh, three months ago, six months ago. And it's really a, a risk of a policy mistake for the, from the fed. And we just got through a policy mistake and that's why we're in this position. Will they make two mistakes in a row? That's for anybody's decision. So what would cause uh, the Fed to ease up? Will the current softness in the equity markets or this widening in credit spreads cause the Fed to say, no, we're not doing 50 basis points in June. No, we're not doing 50 basis points in July. We don't think so. What the Fed wants to see is wage pressure easing up. Wage pressure is an important component. And this uh, indicator here is an indicator. It's the Fed wage growth Tracker, it's a monthly data point and measures year over year wage growth, we're at 6%. Well, that's a little high and that's gonna impact margins, that's gonna cause push through inflation into goods and services. And you've seen it, Uh, the Starbucks, I keep talking about it, the Starbucks coffee uh, downstairs in our building here, um, they don't open in the mornings, the time when most of us want to drink coffee, staffing issue, so wage pressures driving it up They've decided they're better off literally closing the stores uh, for a big part of the day than uh, hiring more labor. So we would need to see uh, we need to see this wage pressure come down for the Fed to ease up. Uh, we would need to see house prices fall or further credit spread widening for the Fed to ease up. And right now, house prices are rock solid. Credit spreads have widened, but I they think they'd need to get worse before the Fed got into a little bit of a panic mode uh, on that. So what about this stock market capitulation? I think it was last week or the week before. I talked to you about signs of a stock market capitulation. We're like, okay, that's it. It's done, it's overdone. The last buyer's become a seller. And most of the indicators don't suggest we're there yet. So we're in this sort of never, neverland. We're, we're not showing great signs of a recession. The Stock market, it has gone down but it could get worse. And I think from the perspective of the long-term investor, we, our plan should be, if it does, we put in more money. In fact, we might put more money in now because it may never get there. Um, and if we are going to get there, when? Um, my guess is sometime in the next two to three months, we could see, we could see a, a bottom below here, but I'm not betting on it. I, you know, I raised a little cash last year. We still hold that cash. Uh, we de-risked a little bit in the bond market that, by reducing our high-yield exposure. I feel good about both of those decisions, but um, I, just, I still think the upside a little bit outweighs the downside here, although not as much as it maybe did a few months ago. Some of the signs we'd like to see to say, hey, we've got the capitulation and it's all in, uh, we'd like to see you know, yields had peaked higher. They got to about 3.2, which was the 2018 or 2020 high, or 2018 before the market really came off. The relative strength index, 14-day in this S&P 500. Um, we got to 31.6, we're back to 40 today. I mean, you need to see this thing down in the 20s for, for a stock market capitulation. I mentioned that energy stocks really haven't sold off. Uh, consumer staples have been ha- hanging strong. Uh, even financials have been doing very well. You see almost no stocks, less than 5% above their 50-day moving average. We're at 14 right now, that's not capitulation. Investor sentiment, this is the AAII survey, you'd wanna see that uh, you know, go down, it did. This is the one that said capitulation. Sentiment at 14.8 was lower than both 2020 uh, and 2008. So investor sentiment, that's all of us, got there. But the percentage of stocks down more than 20%, man, we got to 41%, we didn't get to more than half. But what we have seen is, is Remember tech technology sector was broken out. We created another sector called telecommunications because it had gotten so big as a percentage of the market cap and the earnings were growing great, but the valuations were so high relative to those earnings that it kind of didn't make sense. Big swath of the economy like energy got to be less than 3% of the S&P 500. So what we've really seen this year is this normalization trade where tech media and telecom have come down as a percentage of the market cap they deliver 32 percent of the earnings now they're down to 36 percent of the market cap that seems fair given their high growth rates right they are the future of the economy things like energy and financial services have come up as a percentage of the market cap and what we really saw is a big rotation within the marketplace to kind of put big tech which is the big growth engine into its place um, and maybe, just maybe, we're near the end of that rotation. Okay, this week in terms of uh, data, nothing big today. Perhaps that's the reason the market's free to have this big rally that we're experiencing um, this morning, which is which is probably to a certain degree, some short covering and some profit taking. We're now up um, over 2% of the Dow, 680 points as, as I talk, and 190 NASDAQ points, about 1.7%. S&P Global flash, uh, U.S. Manufacturing and Services PMIs expected tomorrow along with new home sales, durable goods, minutes from the Fed's May meeting. I don't expect surprises, but the market will be looking closely. Weekly jobless claims first quarter GDP, which originally came out at minus 1.4 expected to be revised minus 1.3, home sales, personal income and spending. PCE price index, very important. This is the Fed's inflation gauge. We're expecting to see that roll over from a 0.9 month over month to a 0.2, which would be inflation relief. If it comes in even better, say 0.1, we could see further rally. And then consumer sentiment as well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to like and thumbs up and tweet my podcast. Love to get more subscribers and listeners there. And I will be back to you again, of course, in one week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.